This is VOCM News Talk. Call 709-273-5211 or 1-888-590-8626. The views and opinions of this program are not necessarily those of this station. Here's VOCM News Talk host Linda Swain. And a good afternoon. Welcome to News Talk here on your VOCM. Ben Murphy sitting in for Linda Swain on the program today. And for the next hour, well, at least the next half hour, we're going to stay focused on this storm. Although it has let up in comparison to yesterday, it is still windy. Snow is still coming down. And there is a ton of snow already down, making it tough to see in some areas when you're coming around turns and whatnot. So if you're out and about, Take your time. Also, a lot of water and slush down on the roads now as well, so be mindful of that. And I really do hope you've been out at the driveway already because, boy, oh, boy, that snow is heavy and tough to move. And speaking of the weather, let's not waste any time and bring in meteorologist David Neal from Environment Canada's Gander Weather Office for an island-wide update on the forecast. David, good afternoon. Good day. How are you doing today? I'm good. And yourself? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Snowy here in Gander. Yeah, and I do want to get to that in just a few moments, but how much snow has fallen in eastern parts of the province? Uh, what we've seen so far, we got a couple of uh, reports around St. John's metro area that are at uh, 30 centimeters or more. Actually, St. John's Airport sitting at about 37 right now. Uh, so that's what we're seeing in terms of the higher totals on uh, on the northern northeastern Avalon. Uh, out here in northeast uh, northeastern Newfoundland, got some uh, estimates and some reports uh, anywhere from uh, 40 to uh, potentially 60 centimeters has fallen. With some reports that could even be a little bit higher than that. Once we uh, get uh, the official numbers uh, all set, uh, uh, we'll be we'll have a bit more info on that. But yeah, certainly uh, seeing some big uh, big totals here over the last uh, uh, really the last uh, day and a half. A day and a half or so uh, over northeastern Newfoundland and parts of the northern Avalon. Any records set or anything? Uh, at this point, uh, we'll have to uh, see the uh, once we get the official uh, numbers all said and done in terms of uh, in terms of records. But certainly been a, a very noteworthy uh, noteworthy storm up in uh, certainly up in the northeast and yes, definitely uh, parts of the northern Avalon as well. So, David. Looking behind me right now out in the VOCM Valley, still some snow coming down, kind of that slop snow. Are we out of the woods yet? Not quite, not quite. It's uh, it's getting there though. We're finally going to get to the to the to the end of this thing uh, uh, sooner than later. But yeah, still still seeing some uh, like uh, some more snow that will likely continue kind of off and on, really throughout pretty much the uh, the whole night, uh, and then some uh, some light uh, once we get to uh, to morning uh, tomorrow morning. Seeing some kind of maybe a couple of light, few little light uh, flurries here or there. Uh, for the most part, but the bulk of it looks like it'll be done uh, really throughout uh, the overnight into the early part of tomorrow morning. So still, still a little bit left to come. Looking at uh, a lot of areas, generally looking about you know five to ten centimeters for most areas uh, yet to fall. But then there are a few areas in the northeast that could see uh, still see some uh, some amounts uh, higher than that, possibly fifteen or even on the higher end, closer to twenty for some areas that's uh, still still possible uh, before things really start to peter out more early uh, early tomorrow morning. So what's happening around the rest of the island this evening? Uh, this storm does have a bit of a, a pretty broad reach across the island. We're obviously not seeing quite the same uh, impact uh, over western par- uh, areas of the island as we are in the east. 
uh, but generally still looking at some uh, some some flurries basically across uh, much of the west coast and uh, parts of the northern peninsula. Really looking at uh, as well some pretty you know pretty strong winds, uh, strong northwesterly winds really across the entire island. So we're seeing a lot of uh, uh, a lot of winds uh, gusting anywhere from 60 to 80 kilometers an hour over most areas. Uh, a little bit stronger in parts of the northeast uh, at times, but uh, uh, yeah, certainly uh, still seeing uh, some winds and flurries anywhere that that's getting some of the more kind of steady flurries, uh, you know, likely to see some blowing snow still with those winds and uh, some, some fairly dirty conditions uh, at times. So, uh, so yeah, even, even parts of the Western, even though they're not getting hit by the brunt of it, uh, you know, still, uh, still could be a few areas that, uh, that uh, could be, uh, could see some reduced visibilities in, in those flurries and, and blowing snow. So David, moving into tomorrow, how is tomorrow and the rest of the weekend shaping up around the Island? Uh, well, tomorrow looks like, um, I guess, kind of the time to really, really get uh, get the cleanup, uh, try to get the cleanup finished up. Uh, things kind of taper off. There will still be a few uh, lingering flurries over a few parts of the island, especially in the west and parts of the northeast, uh, as this storm finally mercifully moves away. Um, but then as we kind of get into the weekend, Saturday doesn't look too, too bad. Uh, as it looks right now, again, just some scattered flurries along the west coast of the island, but uh, the rest of the island should be uh, should have some pretty decent conditions. We can breathe a bit, but then we're uh, actually keeping an eye on another storm that uh, looks like it's making its way uh, kind of so- towards the island, moving south and then eventually uh, east. Uh, luckily, this one looks like going to move quite a bit faster than the one we've just been we've been dealing with the past couple of days. Should go through fairly quickly. But with that said, uh, there is a possibility it could bring another good shot of heavy snow and blowing snow to parts of eastern Newfoundland uh, late overnight hours Saturday into uh, a good part of Sunday morning. Uh, so little, you know, little reprieve, but uh, still, uh, still uh, keeping an eye on uh, on another system that could uh, could impact uh, the eastern part of the island. Well, we will look forward to updates on that throughout the weekend. Meteorologist David Neal with Environment Canada's Gander Weather Office. Thank you for this update. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. Well, right now, 12 minutes after 4 o'clock, so there you have it. Not quite out of the woods yet. Another 5 to 10 centimeters of snow expected throughout the evening and overnight before things do finally settle down and this storm wraps up early tomorrow morning. Let's head over to VOCM.com and take a look at our question of the day for Thursday, February 15th. Given yesterday's snowstorm, do you plan on rescheduling your Valentine's Day plans in order to support local businesses? Four options at VOCM.com. Yes, no, I didn't have plans, or my plans were not impacted. I've had a lot of people weighing in on this one. Throughout the day at VOCM.com, 54% of people said they didn't have plans. 20% say no, they don't plan on rescheduling Valentine's Day plans in order to support local businesses. 15% say their plans weren't impacted, and 10% say yes they do plan on rescheduling valentine's day plans to support local businesses what do you think you can weigh in at vocm.com or you can always pick up the phone and give us a call here on the program on news talk 709-273-5211 or 1-888-590-VOCM given yesterday's snowstorm do you plan on rescheduling your valentine's day plans in order to support local businesses 
Still a number of closures, delays, cancellations from this storm. We have all up-to-date information at VOCM.com. You can check out the VOCM Storm Watch page brought to you by Marks. City of St. John's facilities will remain closed for the remainder of the day. That includes City Hall, rec facilities, residential drop-off at Robin Hood Bay. Lots of changes to garbage, waste, and recycling collection as well in many of the municipalities throughout Metro. So again, VOCM.com, the Storm Watch page for all the up-to-date information you need to know. We're going to take a quick time out here on News Talk on your VOCM. Ben Murphy sitting in for Linda Swain. When we come back, we're going to speak with Constable Mark House of RCMP Traffic Services East. Stay with us on News Talk on your VOCM. Start your day off right. Get the latest updates on news, traffic, and weather conditions. Plus, interviews with today's newsmakers. Your go-to source before you get on the go. 5.30 to 9 a.m. weekdays. Your VOCM mornings. And welcome back to the program. You're listening to News Talk on your VOCM. Ben Murphy sitting in for Linda Swain today, and we're going to head out on the highways for an update on road conditions. Constable Mark House of RCMP Traffic Services East is out and about. He joins me now. Constable House, good evening. Good evening. So where are you right now? I'm right now at the top of Veterans Memorial Highway and TCH. So how would you describe driving conditions? Uh, I just took a drive into uh, St. John's Overpass uh, from Whitless Bay Line uh, east and west. Boat lane, both sides of the highway are snow-covered, slushy. There's a couple of places where it's down to one lane. Uh, so you've got to really slow down, take your time, and uh, avoid passing at all. And many other trouble spots? Uh, no, from there, from, o- from Whitless Bay Line, Holyroot Access Road going west, uh, the roads are wet. There are there is a few areas where there's some water buildup, uh, but I can see that starting to uh, become worse as the night goes on. Still, lots of plows and road crews out and about. Yes, and I did note that Witness Bay Line. That one is still closed down, so there's no travel at all on Witness Bay Line. You find most drivers are obeying the rules of the road and taking their time out there. Yes, most most individuals are being very sensible and taking their time, uh, although you will find a rogue one out there that uh, just seems to have uh, an emergency for some reason. And just how important is it to just dial those speeds back, even if you know you're at that posted limit on a day like today, to just roll it back a little bit? It, it is so very, very important. It, you... Your decision-making and your time that you have to react, of course, is all uh, based on what the road conditions are. And now with all the slush in the snow, if you got to do any uh, steering or braking input and your speed is up, then you're going to suffer the consequences. And how big an issue right now as well, especially just these last couple days when snowbanks playing a role, when you're trying to, you know, itch out around a turn to see what's coming, but you just can't quite see because that snowbank is so high? Yeah, uh, it's very difficult, and, you know, everybody's got to make allowances at this time. So people that are on the main drags, you know people are going to try to be entering the highway. Show a little bit of courtesy, you know, uh, either allow them out if you can, or at least don't go right close to the snowbank, you know, that would stop somebody from getting out into traffic. Constable House, your biggest concerns when it comes to what you're seeing on the roads? Uh, Distracted driving speed uh people are just so busy inside their cars right now and you really got to have 100 percent of your attention on driving so 
you know, touching buttons or manipulating screens. Uh, just avoid it at all costs and just concentrate on your driving. Any final advice to anyone considering venturing out this evening? Uh, yeah, if you don't have to, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, if you can stay home and stay snug uh, for going out for simple things like a coffee or a run, uh, if you can avoid those things, that's great. The road conditions hopefully will improve over the next day, and then you can get back to your normal activities. Constable Mark House of RCMP Traffic Services East, thank you for this. You're welcome, sir. Well, 21 minutes after 4 o'clock right now, let's head over to the VOCM newsroom, look at some of the top headlines of the afternoon. A new report says there's great potential for wind energy in the biggest town on the northern peninsula. RCMP are investigating a break and enter at the Department of Fisheries, Forestry and Agriculture in Happy Valley Goose Bay. Sometime between February 9th to 13th, someone broke the lock on the gated yard and stole two fiberglass sleighs valued at $1,000 each. The side-by-side all-terrain vehicle that was stolen from a driveway in Stephenville Monday has been recovered, and NAEP is upset with government's intention to go with the P3 model for the extension of the divided hot lanes on the Trans-Canada Highway. We'll have these topics and more coming up in your next VOCM newscast. That's at 4.30 and all the time online at vocm.com. For the last day, we've been remembering the life and career of broadcasting legend Vince Gallant. He was the voice of VOCM for decades. He passed away on Tuesday at the age of 88. Gallant had a storied career that spanned over six decades. That body of work was honored with an induction into the Atlantic Journalism Hall of Fame back in 2019. Here's Gallant speaking with myself at the time, just after he found out that he would be inducted into the Atlantic Journalism Hall of Fame. Vince Gallant now inducted to the Atlantic Journalism Awards Hall of Fame. Congratulations, and first off, what does it mean to you to get this recognition? Actually, it was quite a rush, I'll tell you, on the weekend because it was a total surprise. Linda had Linda Swain, the news director, of course, put my name forward, but she hadn't said a word about it until everything came and it was a fait accompli, and I really got a quite a surprise. It's really quite an honor because though I've had a number of awards, regional, national, international, I've even got a letter of commendation by the New York Times, a story I did way back when, when I worked in Montreal, but uh, this caps them all, all of them, because it's a recognition by my peers of a lifetime's body of work in my profession. And that, uh, that is quite an honor. It's also a very humbling experience, but quite an honor, and I got to admit, it really gave me an internal rush. And you said how you do some woodworking in your pastime. or in Yeah, your... that's a hobby. So tell me a little bit more about what you plan to do there. You said you were going to build a desk? I got to build a desk and uh, make arrangements with these awards to, so I can hang and I, I can look at them in the future and realize what I used to be. So, Vince, some 65 years ago, how did you end up in the business? I had a band, four-piece band. We had uh, sponsored radio shows in Charlottetown, PEI, and Summerside. Only about 30 miles apart, you know. We were sponsored uh, sure gain animal foods, feeds, and stuff, you know. So we used to make a few bucks that way, but I happened to be in Summerside, and... uh, 
the general manager of the station apparently had just lost an employee who'd taken off for greener pastures, asked me if I'd like a job. Oh, I thought quickly, you know, it's easier than what I was doing. I, uh, at the time, I was working for Central Dairies, Central Creameries in uh, Charlottetown, testing the butterfat content <laughs> in milk. That's exactly what I was doing. And, uh, but they offered me an extra 10 bucks a week, and I figured that wasn't bad back in those days, you know, 1954. So I said, yeah, give it a try, why not? And uh, I said, okay, you got, we'll have to give you an addition, see how you handle yourself. So they did, and he hired me, and that was it. Although, I didn't become uh, a news person as such until I hit Montreal. And I went to work at uh, CJAD there which was the number one station at the time because I'd gone to Montreal, I made the rounds, two or three stations, and the next day I got a call from AD, which was a big station, you know. Danny Gallivan worked there, and uh, God knows how many, Don Chevrier, whom you may know of in the past, uh, he, he went to CTV, did a lot of Olympics and all that stuff. But uh, Paul Reed, who used to be the voice of the Bank of Canada, Royal Bank, and, and uh, people like that. But one day, I was just working swing shift, and one day they needed somebody to fill in a new shift. So they stuck me on the air, do it. Well, I did it the next day. Mac McCurdy, general manager, called me in and he said, Vince, how do you feel about going to news permanently? Okay. <laughs> and that was it from then on, and I found my niche, I think at that point in time, so that was pretty much it. And that is the legendary Vince Gallant, who passed away on Tuesday at the age of 88. Vince will be so dearly missed by so many, and I personally thank Vince Gallant for all the wisdom, stories, advice, and criticism, always constructive criticism, the very best from Vince Gallant that he helped me with early in my career when I first started at VOCM. I had the pleasure of working weekends with Vince, and oh man, oh man, those were the good old days. Vince Gallant will be so missed by so many, and our thoughts are condolences do go out to Vince Gallant's family and many friends both in the broadcasting industry and beyond such a storied career and the legend will be missed and join us tomorrow morning on your VOCM mornings as well 5:30 to 9 a.m. we received a ton of tribute calls this morning on the program for Vince from the many listeners who wanted to just drop in a quick line pay their tributes and uh, and their respects to the late great Vince Gallant so we'll have some of that for you tomorrow morning as as well we are coming up on 4 30 we're going to throw it over to the vocm newsroom for your 4 30 news update in just a few minutes but i do just want to go down quickly through some closures a number of a number of things just remain closed for the remainder of the day Optique Boutique closed for the remainder of the day. Vogue Optical, CBS, and Mount Pearl. All Cowan's Optical locations in Metro remain closed for the day. Dr. Trudy Metcalf and Dr. Rachel Gardner's clinics will call to reschedule. Town of Paradise facilities, including the Town Hall and Paradise Double Ice Complex, still closed. An update on rec facilities will be provided, actually, in just a couple minutes' time at 4.30. You can find updates available at paradise.ca slash closures or at the VOC 
VOCM Stormwatch page at VOCM.com. Some changes to garbage and recycling collection there as well. ANC offices in St. John's remain operating remotely for the remainder of the day. Carbonier and area garbage collection scheduled for today postponed. City of St. John's facilities staying closed for the remainder of the day. That includes City Hall, rec facilities, and the residential drop-off at Robin Hood Bay. The Robin Hood Bay Waste Management Facility remains open. Provincial government offices in St. John's Metro keeping closed for the day. All City of Mount Pearl buildings the same. Metro bus and go bus service still not operating. Memorial University, including all of its St. John's campuses, Marine Institute, will remain closed for the rest of the day and into tonight. Keen College, Grand Falls, Windsor, the same. Clarenville Transfer Station opened at noon. Waste Recovery Facility though did not open today. All ERSB Waste Recovery Facilities closed for the remainder of the day. You can check for updates at their website. Provincial government offices in the Clarenville area also closed for the day, just like the office of Dr. James Coffey and Dr. Joseph Coffey. Any closures or any information you want to get out there for the public, whether that's road conditions or anything else, you can pick up the phone. You can give us a call here on VOCM News Talk 709-273-5211 or 1-888-590-8626. The Newfoundland Folk Festival has released a limited amount of early bird evening only weekend passes that are selling out very quickly to talk about the early bird tickets future ticket purchasing opportunities and much more ahead of this july's 48th annual folk festival we'll be joined by the folk art society executive director after your 4:30 news stay informed and have your say on the news of the day with your vocm join linda swain weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 p.m for an hour of talk and discussion with decision makers and listeners like you news talk on your VOCM. And welcome back to the program. You're listening to News Talk on your VOCM. Ben Murphy sitting in for Linda Swain on the program this evening. And I do just want to get this out there very quickly. I just saw this update from Mayor Dave Aker in Mount Pearl. A quick facilities update. Recreation facilities will reopen this evening at 6 p.m. in Mount Pearl. All other buildings will reopen with normal operations tomorrow, Friday, February 16th. So rec facilities reopening in Mount Pearl at 6 p.m. this evening. All other buildings will reopen with with normal operations tomorrow and mayor acre says crews are on the go travel safely folks so we're going to switch gears now and come inside out of this messy winter weather and look towards brighter and warmer days the newfoundland and labrador folk festival has released a limited amount of early bird evening only weekend passes that are selling very quickly to talk more about the early bird tickets future ticket purchasing opportunities and much more ahead of this july's 48th annual nl folk festival i'm joined by Folk Art Society Executive Director Julie Vote. Julie, good evening. Good evening. How are you, Ben? I'm doing great. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. So we've heard that a limited amount of early bird evening only weekend passes were released and are selling pretty quickly. What can you tell us about these passes and what they offer to the festival goers? These passes are now sold out. Okay, breaking news. <laughs> I just checked before I came on the air. I knew they would be. We fully anticipated that we would sell out, and, and we did. Uh, the weekend passes that we were selling were for the evenings only. Lots of changes in the festival this year um, by necessity. For, for no other reason than that. And um, having someone like Emmy Lou Harris is such a boon to the folk festival. We're, we're thrilled. And that's not all. 
You know, we also released the Ennis Sisters will be closing for us on Sunday night. Sunday is our all-Newfoundland night. And we have more surprises in store that we're just waiting for the final T cross and I dot to announce. Well, we look forward to hearing more on that, but you did mention numerous changes to the festival this year. What are some of those changes? Well, let's see, where should we begin? Um, When COVID hit, we brought the festival back into the main stage area of the park, the daytime and the evening. Uh, now that, not that COVID is over, it is by no means over, but uh, we felt it was safe to bring that daytime part of the festival back to the west end of the park where it used to be. So where the Newfoundland ponies were last year, they will be back. All of the small tents are going back there. So the Francophone tent, the traditions, oral traditions tent, the instrumental tent, all of those small tents will be back where they were. And in addition, we are putting a stage in the ball field to have wow. entertainment all throughout the day because one of the biggest complaints we've got have we listen we read those surveys and we listen was the gap no one liked to have to leave the park at four o'clock and come back at six thirty. so how can we get rid of that this is how we're going to get rid of that so all of the daytime activities will be held in that section of the park and the main stage will be closed So there will be no alcohol served during the day at all. And the kids are invited. Everybody's invited. All ages. Come and see what we've got. It's going to be fantastic. Um, We are waiting again on confirmation for that that act, the big act on that stage. And I got to tell you, I'm excited. I hope I'm pretty sure they're going to say yes. So we have to hope they will. So that is going on from 10 a.m. until 4.30 p.m. The doors for the main stage will open at 3.15 p.m. And the main stage will go from 4 o'clock is the first youth opener to uh, during this is Saturday and Sunday, I should say, from 4 o'clock to 10.45 instead of the midnight hour. And on Saturday, we're going to open at 6 and have it 6 to 12. So you get all those acts additional over and above what you would have gotten in the old format. Following me so far? I think so. (laughs) This is a lot. It's a lot. And, you know, the hard truth of it is, Ben, is back in the olden days of this festival, it was us and Regatta. Then came George Street Festival. Then came Churchill Park and Iceberg Alley. Iceberg Alley is running 10 days this year. And now there's, there's word of possibly another one. So we have competition like we've never had before. And at the end of the day, we can't financially sustain the kind of folk festival that we did last year. We wouldn't even make it to our 50th anniversary. So we had to step back and look at the data, which is what we did, and look at the surveys, listen to what people are saying, and what we needed to do for this year to support an act like Emmy Lou Harris is to make sure that we could fit 4,000 people into the park. That is its maximum capacity. So one of the things we're doing is we are expanding the licensed area. This comes with pros and cons. Believe me, we looked at all of them. 
And the unlicensed area for 19 and below will be where, if you remember, if you went to the Folk Festival last year, the sponsor tent was on that green grassy area and the whole memory garden in back of that will be for the 19 and under crowd. The rest of the park will be licensed. So that is probably the biggest change, I think. And what did the data tell us? During the evenings, there were only 38 children at any one time in the park. So they don't, you know, of course they, they're under 12, and this thing goes until the wee hours. So we had to make that decision for the, the betterment of the festival so that we could keep going and make sure that we had enough people buying tickets so that we can have someone like Emmy Lou Harris and who's going to be on right before her and the rest of the lineup. You know, we have five to six acts each night. And Julie, I have seen some stuff now circulating with just a little concern about that access to the front of the stage. And, and like you just mentioned, that kids aspect, being able to dance there like in years past. So just for our listeners who may have concern there, can you just kind of further explain this change and why it was necessary? There, there weren't that many kids there at night. Again, 38 of them. And they weren't dancing in front of the stage, most of them. They were off to the side in what was the family tent last year, which is exactly where the the under-19 area is going to go. And we welcome them to dance during the day. Everyone can dance. If you're in the licensed area, you can get up and dance. Um, But most people will be listening to Emmy Lou Harris, I should think. And the kids can dance in the... In the other stage, that's why we're putting the other stage up, is to provide family-friendly acts the whole day long, longer than they ever were before. Last year, they only ran from 10 to 1. This year, it's going to be 10 to 4.30. So we give you all of that, and we hope we have an exciting surprise about that. Again, it's so early in the game that a lot of these details haven't been nailed down yet as far as who is coming, um, what good news I can share at this point. But I think I'm going to be able to share some really good news about the daytime. And um, that's why we did what we did. And we are also putting up video screens uh, on the stage this year. There'll be two screens, one on either side. You've seen them, the same thing that the other folks have and so we'll be able to see Emmy Lou you know in all of her wonderfulness and we're also enhancing the sound on where the old beer garden used to be because that's really hard to hear over there so we are going to put in some boosters over there so that everybody can hear but um Again, and I keep saying you don't have to consume alcohol to go into the licensed area. You can still put your chairs, your blankets, all of that will remain the same. We're trying to think of a way um, to hopefully say, you know, blankets in the front, then comes chairs, then comes standing so that we're not blocking views. It's a really tough venue, Benjamin Park. Really, really tough with the trees and the pathways that we needed to preserve. So many people say, why couldn't we just extend the unlicensed area to like halfway through the stage? Because there's the way the liquor laws are written, the licensing laws, you have to have a seven foot gap all the way back. That's a lot of people to not be able to go right into the middle and see the the acts on the stage and we have to sell enough tickets we have to sell any Lou Harris out um, to pay for bringing someone like that in we're speaking it's with a hard oh. truth but one we have to face Ben 
No, absolutely. And Julie, I thank you for uh, for really breaking that down for our listeners. We are speaking with Folk Art Society Executive Director Julie Vote on News Talk here on your VOCM. And Julie, let's just go back to the uh, the tickets and the passes now. What other ticket mm-hmm. purchasing opportunities will be there for those who who unfortunately might have missed out on the early bird tickets today? Well, on on March the 1st, we're going to release all of the general admission tickets, and that way you can buy tickets for each of the nights individually. Like, if you don't want to see all of the performers, you just want to see one of them. And um, then there will also be the senior pricing and the youth pricing also will become available that night. And I can't say what's going to happen for the daytime tickets or how much they'll be or when they will go on sale until I get the answers that I need for this other cool thing that might be happening. And if that's the case, we're then, you know, that's a different answer than what it would be if I had to say it today. Julie, have so you... we're just going to hold off on the daytime. You got me on the edge of my seat here. I'll be honest. <laughs> we're... And, you know, the view from the where the it was where the sponsor tent was last year is excellent for all of the people that are in the under 19 category. Um, But, yeah, we have to have that pathway free in between there and the licensed area. It's it's all about licensing. And Julie, volunteers often play a very crucial role in the success of festivals, as we know. How can people get involved as volunteers? What kind of roles might be available for volunteers at the Folk Fest this year? Oh, we always need volunteers. And this year it's going to be even more because of the whole back end of it there, expanding all of that. Uh, We have over 300 volunteers that we need. I'm going to estimate this year, Kathy Best and I were talking about 375 probably. And in the month of May, we put a call out to the volunteers and anyone who wants to volunteer, listing all of the positions that we have available, and they can sign up for whatever um, whatever strikes their fancy. And the nice thing about that is you get a free ticket. So if you volunteer, we, we reward you handsomely. <laughs> Julie Vote. Executive Director of the Folk Arts Society, we look forward to the 48th Annual Newfoundland and Labrador Folk Festival in July, and uh, and we really look forward to uh, hearing some more on some of these teasers and the rest of that lineup. As soon as I can, you'll be the first to know, Ben. Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> okay. Julie, thanks for this. Thanks so much for having me on. Take care. Well, right now it is 448, so there you go. The Newfoundland and Labrador 48th Annual Folk Festival coming up in July. And lots of great acts for that lineup and uh, I'm sure it's only going to get better especially with some of those teasers well we do still have more to bring you on news talk here on your VOCM before we throw it back to VOCM's Noah Shepard over in the newsroom for your five o'clock day in review here on VOCM but are you worked up about that Verbo or VRBL ad on the uh, that you saw during the Super Bowl you might have saw it before that but uh, do you Do you not care? Do you think all the backlash is foolish? Well, we're going to talk more about that because some consider it a tempest in a teapot. Others were deeply offended by that Super Bowl ad featuring the much-beloved Newfoundland and Labrador traditional tune, Eyes Dubai. We're going to hear from Newfoundland Senator David Wells, who expressed his views on X, then heard back from Verbo. We're going to have that for you coming up in just a few minutes' time on News Talk right here on your VOCM. Your voice in Newfoundland and Labrador's biggest conversation. If you want to know what's happening in your province tune in to open line every day have your say weekday morning starting at 9 a.m on open line with patty daly on your vocm
Welcome back to the program. Ben Murphy sitting in for Linda Swain here on News Talk this afternoon, and we still do have some more to get through before we wrap up at 5 o'clock. Throw it back to VOCM's Noah Shepard over in the VOCM newsroom for your day in review. Some consider it a tempest in a teapot. Others were deeply offended by a Super Bowl ad featuring the much-beloved Newfoundland traditional tune, Eyes to Buy. The song was used as background music in a Verbo or VRBO ad that shows disappointed travelers discovering their vacation rental is overrun by squealing livestock. The ad was viewed by millions of viewers during the Super Bowl on Sunday, and since then, the story has taken off first on social media, then on most national media outlets right across the country. Newfoundland and Labrador Senator David Wells expressed his views on X or Twitter and then heard back from Verbo. Here's my conversation with Senator Wells from today's edition of Your VOCM Mornings. So what did you think of the ad when you saw it? What message did it leave you with? You know what? I wasn't outraged or anything like that. I was more curious that they would... Uh, well, first I was curious that uh, that a Newfoundland song would show up on a Super Bowl ad. Uh, and then I saw the context as I continued watching the commercial. Uh, I wasn't outraged, but I thought, you know, that doesn't... Uh, it doesn't really depict... Uh, what we represent in Newfoundland and Labrador. Are you surprised by the reaction on both sides of the fence here? I am. Uh, I, you know, some of it is warranted. People were were genuinely uh, genuinely uh, insulted by it, uh, and that's the that's what that's what social media can do today. It can it can spread a message very very quickly, um, and uh, uh, they reached out to me to apologize. Uh, they sent in my office an email, apologized. Uh, I responded saying, thanks for your email. Uh, will there be steps taken to remove the ad uh, or remove the song, or, will, or is this simply an apology? And they, uh, to their credit, they, they uh, sent a note back shortly after saying steps have been taken to remove the ad. So what do you hope they might learn from this experience? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, the, the way things work in, in, in that corporate world, uh, I'm sure they had an ad agency put this together. There probably wasn't due diligence done on, on the song and certainly not on, you know, the, what the song means to maybe even where the song was originated or, 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 or that it might have cultural significance. I don't blame VRBO. If they're, if they're to blame, be blamed for anything, it's lack of due diligence uh, and, and that would probably be more with their ad agency. They are the ones that take the hit. Uh, so I, you know, I think I think their apology, uh, their commitment to take down the ad or change the song, uh, you know, that's enough for me. I I get that uh, because we're Newfoundlanders and Labradorians and we have an intense and 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 proud uh, feeling about uh, you know our culture, our music, our food, all the things that make our province great. Uh, that people would feel offended, but uh, but I, I'm not that offended because I understand how this probably played out. I think there was no ill intent, uh, but but the result is what the result is. Do you think much damage, if if any at all, has been done to the reputation of the province? I don't think so. Um, I don't think uh, others that might consider coming to Newfoundland. Uh, and Labrador would think that oh you know it's 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 it, that that representation is in that song. Uh, I don't think people would think about that um, at all. And in fact, in fact, Ben, uh, you know, it shines a, a more light on on what Newfoundland and Labrador has to offer, and uh, and that, I think that's a positive.
Senator David Wells, thank you for this. Okay, you're welcome. Ben, there's one more thing I want to say about it. This yeah, absolutely. Mind. You know what? There are a lot of uh, uh, vendors in Newfoundland and Labrador that probably use VRBO. Any thoughts about boycotting and, and that sort of thing? I think people should, you know, think about that and think about the downstream effect on how it might, uh, how it might have an effect on, uh, on, on, on our hospitality industry. I think, uh, you know, the calls of a boycott, I think, maybe go a little bit too far because it hurts people who are innocent, uh, who truly have and show uh, the best of what Newfoundland and Labrador has to offer. And that is Newfoundland and Labrador Senator David Wells speaking with myself this morning here on Your VOCM Mornings, all about that VRBO ad making lots of noise now right across the country. Well... It's 4.57. We're going to throw it back over to VOCM's Noah Shepard in just a few minutes for your VOCM Day in Review. We've been buried in snow over the last couple of days here in Metro, the eastern portions of the province, and now into central Newfoundland. All the up-to-date information you need for the rest of your day can be found online at VOCM.com. The VOCM Stormwatch page, all brought to you by Marks, serving you locally from Kelsey Drive and the new location in Galway. I'm Ben Murphy, sitting in for Linda Swain here on News Talk on your VOCM. Thanks for tuning into the program and spending your evening with us. The snow is still coming down out there in Metro. It should be done by the time you wake up tomorrow morning, but we'll leave the last word this evening with meteorologist David Neal of Environment Canada's Gander Weather Office. Have a safe and happy evening. Bye-bye. So, David, looking behind me right now out in the VOCM Valley, still some snow coming down, kind of that slop snow. Are we out of the woods yet? Not quite, not quite. It's uh, it's getting there though. We're finally going to get to the to the to the end of this thing uh, uh, sooner than later. But yeah, still still seeing some uh, like uh, some more snow that will likely continue kind of off and on, really throughout pretty much the uh, the whole night, uh, and then some uh, some light uh, once we get to uh, to morning uh, tomorrow morning. Seeing some kind of maybe a couple of light, few little light uh, flurries here or there. Uh, for the most part, but the bulk of it looks like it'll be done uh, really throughout uh, the overnight into the early part of tomorrow morning. So still, still a little bit left to come. Looking at uh, a lot of areas, generally looking about you know five to ten centimeters for most areas uh, yet to fall. But then there are a few areas in the northeast that could see uh, still see some uh, some amounts uh, higher than that, possibly 15 or even on the higher end closer to 20 for some areas that uh, still still possible uh, before things really start to peter out more early uh, early tomorrow morning.